been a long time, Gary Lee. Why'd you come back? It's warm. I believe Bo Winkle has something that he wants to say to you. Thanks for getting me out. Bullwinkle, you could be a little more grateful. Where are your manners? Do you know that Griffin and I used to be next door neighbors? We were about eight, right? I heard you lost your parents too. About a year ago. So, what'd you tell that Pollock detective? Man, I didn't say nothing. I won't forget this. Bullwinkle came up with me through the camps. Anything you need, you just ask. You must be Milty. The last time I saw you, you had a pacifier in your mouth. You're under my protection now, little guy. Welcome home, Griffin. After a week off, you know, we weren't quite ready for Travis's selection, which is today's focus. We want to make sure we gave it its proper due. Prayer of, not for, prayer of the Roller Boys, right? I got that right? Not for. I do. Yeah, it's prayer of the Roller Boys. I really want to say for, yeah, but it's prayer of the Roller Boys. I'm not really like a master of grammatical uh, expertise when it comes to English. But either way, we're going to focus on that. It's episode 166. Eric, Travis, and me live here. Of course, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We appreciate that. And the five-star review. If you haven't done that, we could really appreciate. I know we'd, we've missed the show last week again, and you could uh, fairly chastise us by cinema9pod <laughs> at gmail.com if you want to email the show and say, hey, guys, do a show every week. We'll do our best, okay? It's August. Times are tough. Uh, Travis, we're here live today. We're going to do your moving a little bit here. What's going on, though? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, we're talking like we just started talking. Me and you have been talking for the last 15 minutes. So. 
Oh, well, I had my first ambulance visit to the ER this uh, Tuesday morning. What? I have, uh, I have a kidney stone. And, oh! Uh, I didn't know what was going on with me, but that, that pain that I'd feared my whole life and had always heard about that would be like the worst mm -hmm. pain a person, a man could feel. Yes. I felt it. Oh! And I'm not proud. I'm not proud of how I act. There, there was like <laughs> screaming. There was writhing. There was moaning. I was in and out of consciousness. I was retching. It was <sighs> bad. I was. It was really, really bad. And then they finally put drugs in me after I was begging them to knock me out with a brick. And mm -hmm. uh, why and did they wait? Was there a reason they waited? They couldn't get like I got all these. I got like all these wounds. See, like the this bru. They couldn't bruises on my arm. They couldn't get to the veins because I was like so like in I don't know like some sort of shock or whatever they couldn't like get to the veins oh wow so, like and they couldn't like hold me down to treat me so it took a while holy cow dude so when we, that happens do you are, do you do you have a pretty good idea of what what it is that's happening or oh, is it like just I had no, no idea this pain out of nowhere I had no idea all I knew I was lying in bed I felt something shift and all of a sudden I was like in fucking agony like the worst pain of my entire life hands down and so I called nine one one, and they had to like when they, by the time oh. they got to my house, I was like I was like passed out on my porch. Wait, how long them. did it take? The whole the whole event was over, and I like, mean that until two the ambulance showed up. Oh yeah. god, they were there like four minutes. It was crazy. Okay, fast. that's incredible. Okay. Clearly, you don't live yeah. in the city limits of Detroit. Um, no, I live on the other side of the city. Ah, <laughs> <of Detroit>. sorry, <laughs> Detroit. You still got some work oh. to do. It's okay. Yeah, horrible. Uh, Eric. Didn't you, haven't we had a discussion once, maybe you recall this, where you were worried that that would happen to you by drinking too much green tea and you cut back on it? Do you remember that? Is that a conversation <laughs> you and I had at all or no? <laughs> um, I, I fear that one day that will happen, but I've we never been worried about, I, no, I don't, like one glass of green tea is more than enough because it tastes like swamp water, so oh. I was never worried about drinking too much of it. You know, I used to think, him. yeah, it wasn't him. All right, fine. I will say this. There was a time in my life where I was obsessed with Arizona green tea like but it really that's just sugar water now I know that but when I was 26 I'm like <laughs> oh tea. this is the healthy alternative to a soda <laughs> so dumb yeah no. yeah we're doing that what a fool I was it's funny what you learn <laughs> I bet I'll in a 15 years we'll look back when I was 42 and be like boy that guy was an idiot so it keeps <laughs> happening again and again and again let's hope let's, let's hope, hope. We keep doing that well Travis wow that is you know we've had a uh, chud pud he could relate so I'm sure you uh, had some conversations oh, yeah. we talked <laughs> yeah, we, he said. Um, mm. What he said? He said, "Now you know true pain, and the rest of the life, the rest of your life will be easier." <laughs> Enlightening. I thought so. <laughs> that is so funny because it's. I still believe every word of that. I do. I'm terrified. I think I do too. If, if I feel pain worse than that, it's because I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. There's one other friend of ours, Jamie, our Jamie, a uh, friend of the show. Well, I don't know if he's a friend of the show, but he's our friend. He's a so. friend of ours. Yeah, yeah he's a friend of ours. He's a friend of mine, friend of friend ours. Friend of ours. Uh, Jamie had one happen after a feast, which is our annual retreat we do every year as a tribute to friendship and good times and noodle salad. And that was in 2016. After the feast, he came home, called me at 9 a.m. on a Monday or Tuesday at the latest, screaming, you gotta help me, man, you gotta help me. I'm like, I never heard him like this in my life, just like you're describing, Travis. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh my, wait, this sounds real. What? This is stunning, because it's 9 a.m. It's amazing I answered my phone at all, because I'm sure I would've been sleeping <laughs> with the ringer off, but right. I was able to get him in the hospital, and it turns out Jamie had taken too much Tums. Calcium got in. Be so. uh, stones. Yeah, that, that it's also stones. pretty amazing that a grown man in unbearable pain immediately speed dials his buddy. 
Yeah, I called I my dad. Travis did it right. <laughs> I called my dad and was like, is it okay for me to call 911? He's like, yes, call 911. Why are you asking me? <laughs> well, I get a fine if I dial them and I'm not like, I just didn't want to, I didn't want the bill. <laughs> I will say, you know, our friend Jamie again, we love you, bud. You never listen to the show, so you're never going to hear this. But uh, he doesn't drive. He hasn't driven in like 20 years. So he relies on other people for transportation. And I lived in Ann Arbor at the time, so that's probably why he called me. But he, right, he didn't call 911. So. I don't think he ever would. I feel like he'd be like, I will never do that. Travis is like, I don't give a fuck. I'm in hell. So save me. Obviously, yeah, like I was blacking out. I can't so imagine. like that that horror wasn't normal. Jamie probably was too. <laughs> I remember him in the car. Like, oh it was like Arnold in fucking total recall. <laughs> That's it. Excuse me, are you a doctor? Answer me, please. Are you a doctor? <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, get into... Uh, by the way, I'm live at uh, Tim Govier's basement today. I, uh, oh. Tim Govier wants to say hello. Creekside Studios? Yeah. Uh, hey, Tim, Tim Creekside. Go Tim wants to say hello, Travis. Tim says, I don't know Eric, but uh, tell him I said hello. I've listened to a few Cinema Night episodes. And Tim Govier said this. This is He said this about 20 minutes ago. No bullshit. He said, I really... My favorite part of the show is... The quarantine viewing picks. I love that. They talk about what they've been watching over the last week. I'm telling you, it's what he said. So this is from the people who do listen on occasion. And Tim's listened to a few episodes. Tim's actually more familiar with Eric's brother, Jeff, than Eric. But, uh, you know, it's funny how these things go. Either way, he sends his best. Travis, what have you been watching? Uh, a lot of Sopranos. Been binging. Uh-oh. Doing my yearly Sopranos binge. My yearly. Uh, I checked out the... Yeah. It is. I checked out that Rock Hudson documentary we were talking oh, about. Did you guys watch it? Oh, damn it. No, no, no. Missed it again. It, it's what you want it to be. It's like you learn all about the fucking like yeah. behind the scenes, gay orgies and mm -hmm. all that shit. Yeah. It's fun. It was definitely I fun. I mean, it's also sad, of course, but uh, I need to watch more Rock Hudson movies. That's for damn sure. So that was <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, Prayer of the Roller Boys has a lot of comparisons to a 1986 film that's also a dystopian roller roller skate feature called solar babies so i watched that it what? was terrible the um <laughs> had jason patrick in it. it had a bunch of fucking people in it, it had uh uh jamie gertz it had some mm. good people in it but it was a Ooh. trash movie yeah I'm jamie there. gertz man i'm there uh, i love her yeah even she couldn't save this movie in in her face her beautiful face, her face. but uh the the comparisons of Prayer of the Roller Boys fall apart immediately upon dystopian and like rolling footwear. Um, <laughs> I checked out uh, Hidden footwear. Strike, the new John Cena film with um, Jackie Chan. It is so over the top. The shit that you're watching John Cena's character in between, in, in particular, go through is like I've never seen any character in a, any action film survive so much bullshit. He go, he gets through like eight car wrecks. It's amazing. It's the most over the top, like '80s style big action movie I've seen in a long time. Half of it's in Mandarin. It was fun. It was stupid. It was real stupid. But it was it was good. Fucking like fold your laundry background kind of like action. You know, and I and I genuinely laughed a few times, but it's not nothing. You know, it's not it's not cerebral. How do you <laughs> fold your shirts, by the way? Do you fold your shirts or hang them? Oh, I hang my shirts. I hang them. Really? All yeah, hang them all. Okay, hang them all. T-shirts and everything. That's what I started. I rotated to that about ten years ago, and I've never gone back. I don't like I rooting through the drawers. I, and I recently learned the hot dog hamburger strategy. I, I I never knew this my whole life. You guys know what I'm talking about? Is it where you smear a hot dog and a hamburger all over your clean clothes? No. Yeah, is it like those, remember those whisk commercials? This is whisk versus every other detergent. 
They're spraying mustard and shit all over the shirts. I don't understand this method. It's like a folding method. It's like a laundry folding method. Like towels, you got to fold them differently from shirts. You do. I do know that. I've seen Leanne do that. I don't know. It's a a fucking art. I don't know how she does it. It's amazing. I'm like, I can't do this. You have to be yeah. employed by Gap or something to learn these actual <laughs> or archaic the be works. David Blaine or something because it's magical. <laughs> uh, Secret Invasion, guys. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a huge defender of Marvel, but, but. they really needed to make this a, a like a three-hour direct oh. Disney Plus movie. It's not bad. It's just long. It's just like what? Get get to the fucking point. I don't want to, you don't want to be bored by a six-hour Marvel movie. Oh, so it's one of these shows where they have those like there's too many Gap episodes. We're like, okay, I'm gonna skip this one. It's not. It's not. There's nothing that you can skip though, because it's all like the the plots happening. You know, Ugh. it's just like the story could have and should have been condensed. They probably feared that no one would turn up for just a Nick Fury movie in theaters. But like, if you're gonna make or make it like a two part miniseries or something, you know, I don't know. They just, uh, uh, you know, how I feel about Marvel. I'll defend them to the death, but I will acknowledge that this is another misstep, unfortunately. And Echo is not looking like it's gonna be that great either, from what I'm hearing. Loki Are you with Vincent D'Onofrio returning as Kingpin? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, uh, I'll be glad to see that at the very least. That will be but, awesome. Uh, and your buddy's you know, got to be in uh, Loki too. Your buddy from uh... what? Jonathan Majors? No, not he's not your buddy. I don't think he's anybody's buddy. No, no, he's no, he's not your buddy. No, he's nobody's. Yeah, you're right. He's nobody's buddy. No, the guy from uh, Everything Ever All at Once. Everything Ever All at Once. The guy who won the Oscar. Great comeback story. Yeah, is he in it? I didn't know that. He's a Loki too. Um, I, I don't. That's all I know. I don't know uh, anything else. Oh, yeah. Who he is? Shit. I just Kihai saw his Kwan. face. Kihi, yeah, Kihi Kwan. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's if you're a Marvel fanatic, you know you gotta watch it. There is some major things that happen in it, but like you can almost like if you can almost read about it because there's some or big, fast forward there, or fast forward as the case may be. Um, last but not least, I made the trek uh, with our buddy Christian and checked out Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oh shit. Man, uh, masterpiece, classic, wow. instant classic. That's a big word, my brother. Instant classic. I can't I mean, wait to see this movie. I don't want to overhype it. I don't want to overhype it. I mm. mean, I, I, the book that it's based on, it, I loved, and it was like had a big influence Damn. on getting me into history and that kind of stuff. Like it was, Ooh. so like I kind of have been wanting to read to, like for years. I was like, someone should make a movie out of this, and so I was, I was looking forward to this for a long time. So I was hyped up for it, and it's been like two years of being told about it. And I don't want to overhype it for anybody else, but I do think that this so far is probably Nolan's crowning achievement. Whoa! This is. I think. I cannot wait to go. I was. I wanted to go with you guys. I ended up moving. Life sucks. I'm. We're so hoped that me and Travis are going to see Barbie this weekend with some other people. That's in the works right now. But I'm going to go see Oppenheimer by myself now. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go okay. the sorry, classic sorry solo I went without you. But I, no, I couldn't wait. fuck no, no. I des- I deserve no room for like patience <laughs> and waiting for me to show up anywhere. I've lost all credibility. Yeah, no, I've lost all credibility until further notice. I'd have to earn it all back. But I'm now looking forward to go seeing Oppenheimer alone, which to me is actually. A great movie to see by yourself in a certain condition, and then I can ask you about it afterwards, and I'll be really excited to text you about it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a drama. I mean it's a but like I tell you what, it's three hours. I didn't go. I didn't get up to go pee once, which Whoa! for me that was a kidney problem, by the way. Um, I, that says a lot, and I never got bored. Wow, thrilled the whole oh time. Oh my god, I gotta get down there. <laughs> So, check it out. I start. I started it. Like I'm. I'm. I'm really ashamed to admit this, but I'm gonna go oh, ahead no. and admit it anyway. Oh no! <laughs> like, I found like. Let's just say I found a link, and I, I clicked on it. What? And, you and it started in like 
I was I, I I couldn't believe my eyes, and then like a fucking like slot machine popped up, and I immediately <laughs> turned it off. I did the right thing, but Look, I cannot wait to I did not, get down to the theater. I did not take our friend Dave's advice and go to see it in IMAX, but I will 100% say, and I've said this, but like I said, don't bother seeing Spider-Man across the uh, Spider-Verse in theaters. I will tell you one way or the other, this one you really want to see in theaters. I'm going to do it. Get to it, Eric. You still have a chance to make good. Get to Astro Mars. That's right. What about you, Eric? So you didn't see Oppenheimer or anything else? Um, Dark Side of the Ring returns with season four. Yes! We got episodes on the Junkyard Dog, Doink oh! the Clown. Fucking fantastic. Yes. Hard hitting drama. Excellent. So there. as always. I'm so one there. Of the best shows ever. Yep. Cannot yeah, you gotta see it. So good. And then I'm like, uh I was like I'm getting into horror anthologies here and like I am like, Oh, remember uh remember Masters of Horror, like Mick mm-hmm. Garris's series? Like we brought in all these incredible directors. I'm like, was was that good? Because it's been like fifteen years. They all suck. All and I mean all of. I watched Sid Reppers. It was fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is awful. Yeah. Like great premise, but like when I watched it, I was like, "Fuck me, this is bad." Hmm. Uh, yeah, they all sucked. Um, then I watched Amazing Stories. Remember Amazing yeah! Stories? Nineteen eighty-five Spielberg. Yep. Uh, overhyped. Overhyped. <laughs> yeah, we were kids. Not bad. We like they're kids. so short. Like they're they're like twenty two minutes long, and they feel like they feel like five minutes. But mm-hmm. the talent, Clint Eastwood directs, Marty Scorsese directs, Spielberg directs. Like the talent on board was out of control uh, in mid eighties for the show. But they're all kind of like, eh. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, knock at the cabin. I I uh, oh. I did it on Amazon Prime. I've been waiting till uh, mm. I didn't have to pay for it. You know, I liked old last year, and I, I stick with M Night. I still see everything he makes, regardless. And um, it was really good. It was really good throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you see it? Yeah. I I talked about it on the show. I I you thought did. it was good until the I hated the ending. Yeah. I went back and I researched the book and what it did, and I'm like, oh, fuck, why didn't they make that? That's so much better. But, yeah, yeah got, I, a little, I it was got a little wonky, but I still I still dug it. Left a bad taste in my mouth, but it's worth seeing, yeah. <gasps> oh, we got to talk about that off, off mic. Ooh. Stay tuned for the off mic sessions with Travis and Eric. <laughs> After hours. Uh, it's hard enough for us to do one show. We're not doing another show. Get out of here. <laughs> it's not controversial at all. So you didn't like it? No. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> premium content. Yeah, talk to me. Um, yeah, once uh, you saw it. I, I heard the hype. I'm like, a couple of YouTubers, like, I'm making a horror movie. Who gives a fuck? Then I watched their YouTube channel, and it's the most obnoxious irritating two motherfuckers I've ever seen in my life. They're like blowing shit up and laughing like little children and like running around with like fake lasers. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? But I gave it a shot because I heard, was hearing good things. So I turned it on. It was, it, it was fucking awesome. It was fucking awesome. It's one of the best horror movies I've seen in years. All right. Wow. Like I publicly announced that it's the best I've seen since the witch in 2016. Is it streaming? It's fucking awesome. No, uh, let's just say the oh uh, slot machine didn't bother me. Uh, <laughs> wow, it's amazing what uh, Eric Brancher, of all people, has quit I never thought it could happen, but uh, I just I can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's called you're a regular human being. It's tough. You do the best you can, and no one here is going to judge you for that. Although you I did... work hard, and I got good morals, but I can't get down that theater. Got good I've got morals. good morals. <laughs> That's a drop. That's great. Okay. Fucking amazing. See it in theaters. Oh, all right. Well, 
I've been on an absolute always sunny kick. For me, that's like an annual thing. Got to watch the whole series. And uh, so I've been, I think I'm on season 10 right now. When there's 16 seasons, I think. I'm a little behind on the last one or two. So 60. 16? 16 seasons? Six, six, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you don't love it always sunny? I mean, it's so good. I do. It's just the it's it's the longest running live action sitcom at this point, isn't isn't it? Yeah, but that's cheating, right? Because they only do ten episodes. That's true. I mean, that we but have still, to like. It's a long time. Oh it's no, it is. It's amazing that Danny DeVito has. It's amazing what Danny DeVito has put himself into on that show. Like, just no shame. It's incredible. Oh my God. I, I have so. All in. Yeah, I love him even more than I ever did. Now, I mean, he's a legitimate actor, and then he's at this final. Maybe it's not the final. He, who knows what he'll do next? He's seventy-nine <laughs> years old. I mean, he could be around, but I just love what he does in that show. He's so funny, and those guys are all just so. Out to lunch. I love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Definitely one of my all-time favorite TV shows, bar none. And I think that's it. There's not hasn't been anything else. No other. Oh, follow-up from a recent show we did mm. because I was a little hazy on it. So I went back and watched T2, Train Spotting 2. And oh. because okay. some of the things you guys said on that show, I was like, oh, wait, I don't remember that. But yes, of course, Bigby is absolutely in the sequel. And I had seen it and I just forgotten that. Yes, everybody's <laughs> in the sequel and they're all very much a part of the sequel. So let's be clear on that. And I uh, clear. I enjoy it. I think it's a fine sequel. It's a fun, you know, it, we talked about train spotting have a certain place in the ethos, if you will. Like, eh, you know, if you want to go out there and kind of ethos is different than ether, by the way. I just realized that. Mm, um, so mm -hmm. out there in the ether, there's a train spotting spot and then there's train spotting two. And once you bring it back together, you're like, oh, I'm back in that spot out there in the world. And it's cool to be there again. So I, I think it's worth watching for sure. It's not a piece of shit. It's just <laughs> it's not train spotting one. They're older. You're right. It's probably less fun. Are they more wise? I'll let you find out for yourself. But I definitely recommend mm -hmm. T2, Train Spotting 2. Terminator 2. Did, <laughs> did you get around to seeing that American Gladiators ESPN documentary you know, I on had, Netflix? I right? had the chance last night to watch it. I was at my mom's house. She has Netflix. <laughs> and I scrolled over it three times, Eric. I just I didn't want to commit to Come it. For, on, I don't know why. I I wasn't. I love. I My preference when I do get to watch Netflix, which is infrequent because I don't have a subscription. Prescription? Subscription. Subscription. <laughs> Um, struggling today? Uh, what's talking? Struggling. Uh, I just feel like... That's why I won't do two shows a day. I, I, I won't do it. I won't do it. Uh, Beetlejuice 2 and the works happening. I will tell you right now that I prefer like those documentary-type real-life shows, but I just skipped over it this time. I'm sorry, Eric. I'll, I'll try to do it tomorrow. You don't want to hear uh, like a grown Turbo talking about how he really <laughs> did get hurt on Joe? <laughs> kind of do i just you turn to prescription painkillers after falling in those uh <laughs> <laughs> mats oh no <laughs> all for us yeah all for our entertainment all right well we gotta get to the main yep. event anyways because uh, i'm out of time crunch this week i'm sorry so let's talk it's time all right. we waited two weeks for this one prayer of good. the roller boys a 1990 film starring Corey haim chosen by the man himself travis royce so travis i give you the floor right away i mean why did you pick this movie? Set us up. You definitely have a nostalgic connection to it. Oh, yeah. So I've mentioned a few times on this show that my mom's boyfriend, when I was like, from like 1987 to like 1993, would just record all kinds of movies. Whatever was new, he would just record them on you know, two VHS players, and he would just bring us these stacks of films all the time. And I often didn't know if they were new, if they were old, if they were popular, or, or if they weren't. Like, I mentioned that I'd 
when we did uh, when we did the crying game, I mentioned that I had watched the crying game over and over and over again without really understanding that it was like a Academy Award winning and all that kind of stuff. And I did the same thing with this one, not, not understanding that no one fucking ever heard of this movie, but I watched it over and over and over again growing up. I literally have met one person in my life online um, who was a fan, and we literally became online friends and then real life fa- friends. When I moved to Florida, we like I like ended up hanging out with him all the time and like did Thanksgiving at his house, all because of a comment about Roller Boys. So uh, it has like a deep history for me, and I've always really liked dystopian films, and I like action movies, and this is this is as cultish and cheesy as it fucking come uh- 1990. But I've always really loved the premise and. Um, the anti-fascist message going on in the film. Uh, So I thought this movie might suck. This movie might be wonderful, but no matter what, it was going to give us something to talk about. So here we are. Oh, and also again, like if you're watching, if you're listening or watching now and you've not seen the movie, you do have to watch it on YouTube just for the record. It's free. I watch it even in Canada. It's free on YouTube. So, all right. Uh, Eric, do you want to speak for us on this? Because neither one of us has a background. We, we, this is our first viewing, right? I had to check Google to make sure that Travis didn't dream this uh, <laughs> premise and film up. But it, it was a real movie. Uh, I watched it. I'd never heard of it. I watched it on YouTube. It's not streaming anywhere. I don't even think it was theatrically released. Oh, I'm what? still not even sure it's a movie. I think I still dreamed it. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Roller punch. Ah, so... Um, Let's take a look, right? It's time to find out. What's the IMDb score on this, guys? Ooh, 5.1. Yeah, I was going to say 5.4. That's my guess. I'm going to say 5.5. Yeah, I can say 5.5. 5.9, because there's some fans like me. What'd you say, Eric? 5.5? Hey, wait. <laughs> All right. That's exactly 5. Wow. This might be an all time low, Trap. It might be. No, no. Um, the Annihilators was like four point something. It was really, it was really low. <laughs> Based on one review. Oh no, I'm talking about the number of reviewers. Oh okay. Two point oh. seven thousand. That's twenty seven hundred reviews. So very that's low. On, no, Friday to be that slow. I mean, we usually, we. But like in between, it's usually a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. And everybody should watch the movie for themselves and find out on their own. Right. As far as Rotten Tomatoes, uh, you guys think this movie's on Rotten Tomatoes? First off, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. <sighs> I was concerned that it might not be, but it does exist. There is no critical point. There's no critical score, though. I've never seen this. There's, <laughs> it's it's an it's a gray tomato on the thermometer. It's, it's a gray tomato. Oh, yeah. but we do have an <laughs> we do have an audience score though. So. All right. <laughs> And better than the IMDb, 64%. It's a fresh bucket of popcorn. There we go. It's fresh. It does say the thermometer for the critical side has two reviews. And there's no... Okay, there's two people. Emmanuel Levy from EmmanuelLevy.com. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, It's a splat. Two out of five stars, no words. There's no words in it. (laughs) I don't know. And then... I'll score it, but I'm not writing the review. What a dick. Yeah, well. All right, man. All right, dude. Thanks for checking in. And then Caffeinated <laughs> Clint. Caffeinated Clint from Movie Hole. Said, he's got okay. words. It's a splat. Two out of five. Mm-hmm. The beginning mm-hmm. of the end for Corey Haim. Me thinks. <laughs> oh, Me thinks. Oh. Yeah. One word. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's that what guy. What an asshole. Oh, two assholes for sure. So that's the extent of the Rotten Tomatoes. So there we go. Now, this is actually great for uh, our time crunch because we got through that locker because we usually share. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is a... By the way, this movie was written by the guy who I've talked about on the show before who wrote oh. Point Break, who wrote oh. Patriot Games... These are after, mm-hmm. yeah, after this, but I still don't believe it's his real name. It's this guy. Mm. Yeah, whatever. I, I saw his name as the writer. I was like, oh, dude, that guy, the, the point break guy. And he also wrote Varsity Blues. And these are some movies I really do enjoy. Yeah. So this is a legitimate writer, but this is his debut. This is his first movie as a, I guess, a Hollywood writer. So just wanted to make okay. that clear for Peter W. W. Peter well, Illiv. Someone liked his work enough to keep producing his movies. Well, maybe not his dialogue, but uh, the premise here. The okay, here. so the premise here is fun. <laughs> it, the premise is a dystopian America that is uh, colleges are being relocated to China in complete mm-hmm. campus yep. form from <laughs> MIT to uh, Asia, and uh, yeah. Germany has bought Poland. Yeah, Poland. Oh, yeah. I texted Eric that when I saw it on the screen. Poland. <laughs> so, yep. um, it's a tough time, right? Yeah, everybody's in uh, like refugee camps. It's a fascist government, uh, but a but a largely absent government, like lording over a decayed society. Everyone either lives in a city where the capitalism has utterly failed them, and they're all like in poverty, or they live like on the outskirts of towns, cleaning up like Ugh. hazardous waste and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Grim. It's grim. So I'm gonna bring this up now. The kid, the fucking He's kid. The worst. Is- Milty is Milty. the worst. He's awful. The acting is terrible. <laughs> I acknowledge. How did you feel about it when you were younger, though? Do you remember having more of a connection <laughs> I, with Milty? No. I always fucking hated Milty. Milty. Oh. Okay. He's got one good line of delivery when he talks about, go to the bubble towns. It's the only, it's the only good line, <laughs> the only good delivery he has the whole fucking movie. Mm. The, the rest of the time, it's just terrible, especially when he's trying to hit on Rosanna Arquette or Patricia Arquette. It's like, oh, man, this is just, this is excruciating Ima- to watch. Imagine if they tried to clone Jonathan Taylor Thomas in 1990, but like the clone <laughs> didn't work, but like they forced it into acting anyway. That's pretty yeah. much it. Never saw him in anything else. Don't know why. Yeah, he is. I mean, people who know me on this show, if you don't know me, I am already anti-children in movies most of the time. Unless, of course, it's like, you know, never ending story where you really have no choice. But like when they right. when they shoehorn kids into adult movies, it really bothers me. And I consider this, although God, it's unclear to me how old the leader of the Roller Boys is. Like he looks very young, but he's like a leader <laughs> of he came up in the camps. Like he saw he tells a story. Right. It's a great story, yeah. right? How he became the leader and everybody needed a family. Everybody needs a family. I get that. When they're like swearing, um, Griffin in to the and like it's all like the, they're all like holding their hands like this the day of the rope day <laughs> of the rope it's like all white boys from like the age of five to like maybe 25 so I would guess that Griff is or that uh, Gary Lee is under 25 I think he's like 21 22 but it's a street gang that has like exploded into this weird because of its fascist messaging and savvy investing and working with a Chinese franchise of drugs, um, they're able to like conquer the markets. Did anyone check? Is this Patricia Arquette's debut, by the way? I didn't check, but it seems like it might be. 
it wasn't. It wasn't her debut. This okay. was just this was like a movie or two before True Romance. This was like yeah. a year or so before it. Yeah, True Romance ninety three. So Okay. So it's still early Patricia Arquette and boy. Yeah. I really thought it was her debut movie without looking it up, which you know, sometimes I don't want to look everything up. I admit that. But I was also been like, Oh boy. Like Corey Haim kind of had this reputation in the late eighties into the early nineties where he started like because, you know, he went from a teenage heartthrob into, like, I'm going to get butt naked with Nicole Eggert in full, like, <laughs> fucking in movies. And I think I'm like, oh, God, okay. Patricia Arquette's going to be. I just felt like when I was watching a few scenes in this with Patricia Arquette, I'm like, oh, boy, I'm going to see a scene here where she was exploited because she was new and young. But it didn't happen. She actually became a pretty tough, resilient. Like, she was shooting that giant gun in, like, the late stage shootouts. And I was like, oh, this... She saves him. Yeah, she she's a badass. She it's awesome. Yeah. Eric, you disagree? <laughs> Mr. Skin's number one fan is afraid he might have to see Patricia Arquette's beautiful body. Um, okay. Uh, I, I, okay, I mean... I, I had no clue what this was even about. It turn it comes on and it's like ten minutes of Corey Haim like roller skating and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, rollerblading. Like, I, I love yeah, rollerblading. I'm like, fuck yeah, I love thrashing. I love rad. I'm like, now we got rollerblades. And he's probably gonna join a competition and like uh, big prize money's on the line. Like I, then I'm like, wait, is there a, like a pogo stick movie I don't know about too? What is with all these like sports <laughs> getting into these? Um, I had no clue what the fuck was happening. And then like <laughs> this message starts from uh, Gary Lee and I'm like. It, it totally changes directions and like <laughs> I don't know like it's, it's I thought it was so, relatable it's so weird like we rip boomers to shit now this movie was ahead of its time it was ripping like the boomers sort of and younger boomers yes because it would have been the future everything on everybody's parents everything yeah my parents well, screwed me also- Right. I mean, they're they're partly right, but partly wrong. And that's what that's one of the things I like about this movie is that they make fascism look alluring because they'll mix truths with facts and like your grievances, you know, like some of them are based in some sort of reality, maybe. So there is some truth to the fact that like, you know, a generation or three overextended themselves and borrowed more than they could ever pay back. Hello, college funds or college loans that I have. Um, no fun. Not a bit nice. But um yeah, it's definitely a, a, a post America American superiority movie, which you know people have seen that train coming for some time. I think that's fair, and I like I like the setup in a way. But I was with Eric. I was like, oh okay, yeah, this is gonna be like a big showdown, and he's gonna have to it's save the day. And there is, you know, I think man. about rollerblading movies like Airborne. Now, Airborne is a kick-ass movie about rollerblading and like winning the hearts of the people through rollerblading. This movie's not so much about that. In this no. movie, yeah, rollerblading is kind of like, uh, it's just there. It, it, I think they had the movie first, or maybe they had a premise first and then a movie. Like, dude, I got these awesome costumes. We're going to do white trench coats with, like, uh, bandanas on our heads, and we'll all wear mm-hmm. rollerblades, and we'll have, like, these insignias that are all clearly, you know, this is, I mean, how many times are we going to see a movie where somebody, like, does the Nazi? Because what happens later in the movie, you find out. By the way, Mist, we got to talk about Mist. Yeah. One of the top five all-time made-up drugs in movie history. You got Nuke. Mist. You got Mist. Yeah. You've got, uh, <laughs> and then one of the best, right? Yeah, it's a great well, made up substance drug. D from uh, Scandor Darkly. Mm-hmm. Those are three off the top of my head I can think of that are like <laughs> new drugs to me. But yeah, it's definitely yeah. in the top five for sure. It's I, yeah, the whole like sterilization yeah. thing is intense. Go ahead. Oh Dave. yeah, the, the rope. Yeah, we got. We'll get yeah. the rope. But like, um, I thought the same thing. I'm like, 
if you t- like, I got a feeling like they took this script to like this like a studio and they were like, ah, like this is a g- cool idea and very inventive, but like we got no money. But <laughs> Rollerblade has offered to put up the entire production budget as long as you're cool with the main characters riding around on rollerblades. Yeah. And honestly, the way that they swing their arms back and forth, Mike, like you say, like that's not they're goose stepping. They're fucking goose stepping. Yep. It's, it's it's it works. And and like no, honestly, when they when they come rolling through, like the first time you see them all coming at once, they look cool. I'm sorry. They look cool. <laughs> I thought, I mean, it looked in unison. Same thing when, like, when I watch uh, Synchronized Swimming. I don't know anything about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess that that's pretty cool. I, I can't do that. But, you know, I, I just think that, okay, fine. So it, the premise is clear. Yes, with the sterilization and the insignias mm-hmm. and the setup, goose-stepping. There's, and, it's, the, and the hating the immigrants. We haven't really talked about that. They hate immigrants. It's white supremacy. That's true, too. That's key point. And, like, every, like you said, they're all white guys, right? I didn't notice anybody who wasn't. They're white supremacists. Yeah. They're white yeah. supremacists. But like, they really don't. in a country where Mexico is turning away American, North American yes! immigrants. Yes! That yeah. was fun. See, I like that. Yeah. that. Those are the moments you want to like the movie. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mexico is cooler than the U.S. The U.S. is a shithole. Little tidbits like that peppered throughout the movie. Yeah. There's all kinds of tidbits. Now, all right. So what about Speedbagger? So how did you feel about Speedbagger when you were a kid? Again, I want to know your connection to Speedbagger from a young age. I always felt like Speedbagger was a pretty flat character, not very well developed, um, not expertly acted either. But I, but I do like when he um, just wants you to think about what you're doing, please. That's I good. Don't want your love. You yeah. know, I, I do think that that okay. I think he has his moments. That was a moment. I'll give you that. Yeah. 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 But you know, when Corey Haim is told to beat people up and dominate and exploit people with a little more enthusiasm. And then he, yeah. the next scene is a guy with something on his head. Who could it be? And he's really yeah. into it. And then it turns out to be Speedbagger. I saw that. And then the, the and pr- you know, <laughs> hospital you know, Gary Lee knows that. Right? Yes. Gary Lee's like trying to prep him to do that. And mm-hmm. so I think the audience is going to p- figure that, that out pretty quickly too, which is why Milty's watching to let you know, like, yes, we know that you know that it's Speedbagger. Nobody got emotional about Milty getting addicted to mist? No. <laughs> <laughs> or the open hand slap by Gary Lee to a child. Followed by a hug. Yeah. yeah. Followed by a hug. <laughs> what do you guys think of Bango? Oh, oh Mark Pellegrino. Yeah. Bango. I like to give them a little bit extra because they're, they're cute. They're cute. <laughs> <laughs> they're cute that kids. was funny. Oh, man. I, la- Bango I laughed. Is, uh, Bango is my favorite of the roller boys, I have to say. Yeah. That's what about these two doofus cops yeah. who are always trailing the action? Though. These two, there's only three people on the force. Like, I know the officers are shorthanded, but good God. Very straight the budget. trauma. Straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's four cops in the force. You're right. It's, they're, they're definitely um, pretty overextended. But I do like that there's factions here. You know, there, there's there's nuance to the motivations of everybody. The cops, some of the cops are good. Some of the cops are straight up evil. All of the roller boys are evil, but like mm-hmm. even then, like Bango can be like likable, even though he's an evil guy. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And Gary Lee can have a lot of, like, you know, he he has a lot of selling points. You know, um, again, I don't agree with them, but that's the whole point. He's a that, smart like, investor too. Right, right. So um, it's and he uh, believes in his cause too. Right, like can, right. he, he has a lot American of conviction. Yes, is that guy? Did that guy do a good job though in that role? I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has both a perm and a mullet, so I can't say that follically <laughs> he did well. But his acting wasn't terrible. 
Wow. Yeah, like performance. For Eric to say it wasn't terrible, that's a pretty high endorsement, actually. Okay. All right. Um, I would have liked to see more from that actor after, to be honest. Yeah, I looked him up. I didn't see jack shit. Nah. Uh, he, they yeah. clearly set it up for Roller Boys 2. Yes! Yeah! <laughs> Holy shit! Awesome. I'm glad you brought that up because that really was did. not... That was so blatant. That was the most blatant. Yeah. We're doing a sequel. We believe in this movie so much. We're making it happen. I'll let him go to Oregon. Let him think we're uh, out of the mix for a while. <laughs> if Corey Haim was still alive, I'd still be open to a sequel at this point. <laughs> there would be a, if he was alive, there would actually be a GoFundMe, a Kickstarter. There would right? actually be a push for a sequel by now because that's how life works today. But. I so. I, and I kind of would have so. liked to have seen it because that means Corey Haim would be alive too. And So, uh, by the way, yeah. what else do we say about Corey Haim here? I mean, we know the story about Corey Haim's life, addiction, and he may have been about exploited it. about Hollywood. Yeah. It sucks. and uh, But, you know, it, he gives he does the best he can do here. I thought he was fine. I got a note here that says Sideshow Mel Origins based <laughs> on both his hair and costume. <laughs> um, when he's running from Gary Lee and Gary Lee shoots something that blows up and he goes on like slow motion, he's like, damn. That moment's <laughs> really, really low. That's a really low moment in the movie. That said, I think that he actually holds his own pretty well for a lot of it. The dialogue is terrible. Most That's of the dialogue it. is just awful. Um, and he does the best he can with it. So I think he, I think yeah. he sells a lot of it pretty well. There's a lot of like brooding looks and that kind of stuff. I think he does good in this one. I thought he really yeah. crushed it a lot more in License to Drive, which you guys can see on sure. our License to Drive show, available on the Profide Pat Podcast but platform. I mean, he's selling a he's selling a, a world here. He's mm -hmm. selling this predicament, his situation. I think he does well. Uh, I mean, you, you nailed it. The dialogue is so bad that, like, if you're even even making it competent, you're doing a good job. You guys like are dissing cops, my guy. Yeah. They're adults. <laughs> and they probably have acted in way more shit than Corey Haim, and they're fucking terrible. But Corey yeah. Haim's pretty good in it. W. Peter Illiff yeah. is not appreciative of you guys ripping <laughs> his dialogue. Hey, hey the, check the, out his IMDb. Click on his, uh, his bio, and you'll see a guy in a fucking bandana who looks like a douchebag. Just let you know that. <laughs> well, that's probably why I like uh, Bango's character so much, because you get the feeling that there's a lot of improv happening with that guy, just the way that he's, that he's doing it. Unlike, say, the guy that plays Bullwinkle, that's just like, he's trying so Bullwinkle. hard. Trying <laughs> so hard. Bullwinkle does a terrible job. Terrible! So terrible! The guy sucks. The Bullwinkle? Really? That's what we're calling somebody in a hardcore uh, gang? Come on, man. Is it? Is it the dude from uh, Dream a Little Dream that we talked about before that was the villain in that? Is it the same actor? He actual? does look like him. I'll effort that I'm right now. Yeah. Um, are you looking it up? Okay, you look it up. You look it up. Bullwinkle. I look it up. Someone. I feel like, I feel like it's him. Um, Bill or William. Are you supposed to be like, <laughs> oh, Bullwinkle's here. This is bad news, dude. More. Okay, yeah, it's not him. Uh, it's not him. I don't think it is. He was in Quantum Leap. He did an episode of Quantum Leap once. So. Okay. Yeah. He's got big, uh, big vibes though of, uh, of of bad guy from Dream a Little Dream. He yeah. wanted to make. He does have the vibes, and he wanted to make it big. And you know, Corey Haim's character saves his life in the Mist House, which is run by the bogus <laughs> cops, apparently. Or were they bogus yeah. cops? I don't no, know. No, no. The, yeah, they were. They were breaking. The, the Mist House was ran by the Roller Boys, and then the Roller, mm -hmm. and then the Mist Cops pretended to be B thirteeners, the, ah! like, the mixed, the mixed mm -hmm. race club. See, this is why we and, need you uh, here. You're like the authority yeah. on this movie. Clearly, I want to say one thing. Our friend Steve Guile said this to me in a text last week. He said. I wish there was blood squibs in this movie. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. Blood squibs may have uh, raised the level yeah. intensity of this movie a little bit. There's too many shots, I, a lot of hardcore violence, and a lot of F words. I wasn't expecting it. I thought it was going to be PG-13. It was hardcore. Yeah. 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 
It's a hardcore it's, movie. I mean, we got tits at like Chuck E. Cheese. What the <laughs> fuck was going on with that party? It was a rollerblading <laughs> bacchanalia. Yeah. <laughs> People fucking at Chuck E. Cheese. That's where yeah. these fucking Nazi rollerbladers hang out. Showbiz pizza. <laughs> A Nazi Chuck over. E. Cheese. Taking over. <laughs> uh, what else, gentlemen? Uh, soundtrack kick ass? Have you some cool music? No. Not really. Not For a second, <laughs> I thought somebody like re edited that Nine Inch Nails track into this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, How the fuck do they afford that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. right in, though. Had like a hole. Yeah, it did fit yeah. in. And yeah. I was shocked. I was yeah. like, oh, wait. Is this all the money in the budget? Um, so, go ahead, Travis. I like, um, again, like to, to me, one of the things that they do a great job in this movie is showing the way that fascism uses merchandising and going after young minds. You know, they like they're feeding young kids and giving them comic books. They have like kiosks <laughs> set up for like with like cool yeah. videos. That's right. I think that the rollerblades are really about because rollerblades were super trendy and popular in 1990. So I think that's really what that's about is trying to like appeal to kids. Um, that's that and it shows that fascism preys on people like that. And that's partly why the allure can be so strong if you're young, and. Um, more vulnerable to that kind of thing you're gonna you're gonna they're gonna get their hooks in you early so i think they do a good job in showing it's like that but they're also comparing like making these kind of like you know central la gangs kind of references too like with kids like slinging drugs and that kind of stuff making some parallels to things that were happening at the time as far as gangs go i think that there's a lot mm -hmm. of ground being covered at once in this movie that's pretty impressive for something that's clearly just like <laughs> fucking b popcorn cult stuff <laughs> yeah if you're if you're a 12-year-old in a movie from 1990, you either got the Roller Boys or the Foot Clan. Both can offer you a lot of cool stuff, but you got to do some really shady shit. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Papa, Fadon Papa Michael is the DP here, and I just praised his work in The Dial of Destiny. He's been at it a long time. And oh, wow. He shoots <laughs> dark, which you know I love, and the movie looks pretty rich. Uh, a lot That's of uh, cool. like I feel like a lot of LA sunsets are in the mix and some a lot of scenes in this movie. I mean, yeah. the production design, Michael. I mean, it still just looks like '80s LA, like. But it, that's a budget thing, and it got me thinking. Like one of my big notes is like, with this plot and like the, the idea here, like if this was like a graphic novel or like mm -hmm. a, a uh, like an anime movie, it could be like like fucking like Ghost in the Shell or something really mm -hmm. cool. And, like, you replace the rollerblades with, like, I don't know, like, like the Tron light cycles or something sure. much cooler. <laughs> like, the whole experience could have been uh, different and much cooler. But it's just, like, really encased itself in, like, 1990 culture well, and, yeah, and low-budget shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's what it is. That's um, true. I think, I think that you raise a good point. Like, they do a lot with their minimal budget with, say, like a chain link fence and a bunch of people on the other side of it or like a bunch of mm -hmm. tents mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And then like the, we were referencing the newspapers or the uh, radio programs or TV programs that kind of widen out this world to give you kind of a feel of what else is happening. In reality, most of this is shot like in what looks like a fucking parking lot that's being redressed and redressed <laughs> in different ways. And then there's like, they're on some like Navy fields, which also yeah. when they're, when they're flowing, when they're speed racing through that Navy field and like all those guys have those AK 47s, they just be mowing everyone in half. But like every just like rollerblading through all these bullets. That's where the squibs would have come into handy. Yeah, it would have. Oh, we haven't talked about the pizza dude, man. Come on, we're, the whole pizza. Pinky. 
Pinky's Pizza. Pinky, man, the Pinky Van, man. The Pinky Van. <laughs> man. Come on, man. You want some extra kelp? Milty. <laughs> I know. A lot of kelp talk in this movie on pizza. <laughs> One of the most important resources available. Would I've seen kelp in every shithole lake in Michigan my whole life. I just have a hard right. time. Yeah. Well, because the there's no vegetation. They're out of spinach. Yeah. They're, out of, oh. they're out of, like... So this is like a resource thing. We're falling back on a fucking kelp. Mm, kelp. Okay, all right. That makes sense, it's I suppose. Something. Yeah, it has. They thought about it. It's something. But yeah, when and they even, go to... Even after the apocalypse, you hit, even if you're delivering pizzas with an AK-47, you still got to wear your fucking little hat and your striped shirt to deliver yeah! the pizzas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. Capitalism never and, goes I away. Mean, and also, a pizza place is still around and, and thriving. That's like, right. <laughs> there's a lot of like weird stuff that makes it seem like, well, is there really an apocalypse? Like When they're on their way to Oregon, like just looks like a random freeway and like everyone's just like milling about yeah. and like everything's fine like 10 miles away the whole movie they're bitching like the about there's nowhere to go to like oregon yeah Come the on. whole movie they're bitching there's nowhere else to go and then suddenly oregon's yeah. no problem yeah to, to, be driving to, to be driving to oregon they should have filmed them driving through like death valley or something yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah like they, that's a sequel like them being like all right let's get off on the next exit and live there and, be just fine. <laughs> and by the way the brand new van the van to replace the previous van that gets destroyed van. is a it, this movie's so old that's like oh my god that's like a pontiac minivan yeah i was like oh my god it's that fucking silhouette. thing and milty shows up like he's so cool with the keys like look what i did Fuck off, Milty. Get out of here. Nobody enjoys you. Know, you fuck right next to speed bag or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Even being on drugs, he's annoying. He's like more annoying when he's on drugs somehow. Yes. But the reason I brought up. And like a possible mass murder. He's like, yes, yes, shoot him in the face. Fucking kill him. Yeah. yeah. He's, a kid. he's young. That's yeah. not good. That's not good at all. Well, but that, the reason I brought That is the thing. You're right. That's indoctrination. Fair. Hey, indoctrination. But youth. the reason I brought up the pizza place is the scene where they go to homeless camp 47. What was it called? Uh. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the yeah. There's a Parking sign, and there's, there's fences, and there's a little girl who gets a slice of pizza. It's like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, and I, hey, get away from there, you know? <laughs> it, that's where it looked really cheesy to me with the, the design and the budget. Like, oh, man, they tried to make it look cooler, but... You're not selling me on this. With no blood squibs, it makes it worse. I think it really does matter, man. There's so many movies that had, especially in this era, guys, blood squibs were huge. Yeah. I mean, RoboCop was 87. You know, Total Recall is 1990. It's, we got to see blood squibs in this area. You got Someone's got to splurge for the squibs. They clearly didn't have a good blood guy. Because <laughs> there's enough deaths where no, they clearly did it. Yeah, they clearly they did. For, <laughs> yeah, they went for the R rating. So, they, I mean, there's they definitely, I don't know, there was, someone dropped the ball on that one. That's okay. I guess. Uh, but again, like it's, it's a low budget movie. There's a lots of there's lots of things you gotta either overlook or you're gonna be stuck on and hate the film. You're right. Yeah. We got an actual building on fire, like when the van blew in there. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool, convincing. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, they got a whole big naval yard for the uh, showdown between Gary Lee and and it, of course it ends in a rollerblade chase. That's yes. Fitting. They needed to have that. And honestly, when they're like running up those stairs at that one I was point, just gonna say I'm that like, looks fucking cool. Shit, that looks hard. Uninterrupted shot of two people running up the stairs in rollerblades. Guys, it looked awesome. Look at it. And it's clearly, clearly neither one of you have ever done that because it's not as hard as it looks. <laughs> I'm it's telling you, it looks, yes. it looks oh. impossible. Oh. <laughs> I, th- I, mean, I did when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think I was that cool, and I'm not that cool. I'm not. So I'm just saying. Oh. So. Well, he, they do other things that are. They do. I, I He's know. got some moves. I put rollerblades on in my life. He definitely was a blader. I gave him credit. Happen. Yeah, I mean, he had clearly hadn't been too far down the addiction path yet because he still had excellent skills with his body. But yeah, uh, physicality going on. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, he's got 
freighters that he can show off. And it's like, oh, look, we included the shot. So, hey, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we could sell U.S. Navy <laughs> freighters. I got this power plant in the background. You're right. That's pretty cool. And I only could... Did you guys get impressed by the setup in the kitchen? Like, dude, we flush this acid through and they can't charge us no matter what. I'm like, really? Is that how crime works? Is that how the law works? Like, you still could be conspiracy charges, right? I mean... A bigger point is they're like, not even the cops' battery rams could kick the door down unless... It's the other cops that show up later. On a fucking airstream? Yeah, oh shit, it's an airstream. <laughs> Nobody can get in that fucker. That's funny. There's a lot of jokes yeah. you can you can really go to town on the jokes of this movie. I mean, it gets pretty obvious, yeah. but yeah. But that whole that whole sequence has the the rope where where it's unveiled what the rope actually is designed to sterilize all the drug users. Yeah. So again, like these yeah. uh and the idea that's being put deliberately on the street to fuck people up. So there's all these crack epidemic kind of references happening there with that in a way, I think. Um, Doesn't Gary leave and call it the final solution? He does. He calls it the final. Yeah, solution. Yeah, that is uttered. That is uttered. One hundred percent. And yep. then, and, and again, like it's a Chinese franchise that they've added the sterilizing aspect to. It's literally like a designer drug that the, that the Chinese franchise out to people. There's so much happening in this movie. Just like, yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> we're That's getting a good there. point. <laughs> uh, I hate to cut it short here, but I gotta gotta kind of get to it. Anything else we didn't cover yeah, here, I'm gentlemen? I'm good. Um. I think that's, I mean, we, I mean, I, roller pud, I, I do want to like emphasize the importance of the, of the phrase roller pud coming up throughout this film. It's makes me happy. Oh, that's I missed that fans one. Of this movie. You call us roller puds. That's what the, that's what roller the cop uh, calls him every time he sees him. What's up, roller pud? <laughs> oh shit. Well, I feel like I've, I've got to watch it again. I don't know how you missed that. <laughs> it happens like five times. Roller pud. Well, every time that cop shows up, he's like, I don't know. I don't know what he's saying. I'm just like, old man. Yeah, not not the one that seems like the, like, uh, hey, Bab from 12 Monkeys. Not that guy. The uh, Wachowski, whatever his name is, the the main detective. You think we got $50 for a Greyhound ticket? Think again. (laughs) Precinct's broke. Do it or I'm out. Yeah. And you know, he's like totally lying to him. He's like, yeah, okay, we'll do it. It's like, if he wanted to be a little bit more honest, oh, fuck that kid, Milty. Nobody likes him. (laughs) That's true. He's like, I had a, I had an inkling that those two cops were actually homicidal maniacs. Didn't check into it. Thought I'd kill him. I was right. Thought I'd kill him and risk your life in the process. But again, like even the good cops are corrupt. Right? I mean, the whole thing yeah. is, the, the whole thing right. is systemic dysfunction. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, I, I brought this to the table, so I will start first. I had not seen this movie in a long time. I'd wanted to bring it on the show for a long time. I was pretty confident how I'd feel about it. And I, I do still love it. It does still hold up to me. I think it's silly in a lot of ways. And um, I think it I think it almost flirts with being dangerous in how appealing it can make some of the uh, fascism. I think they could have hung up. I think they could have gone a little harder on the messaging and how bad it actually is, the racism and white supremacy and that kind of stuff. I think that there's some, some really interesting points that are set up that you can kind of extrapolate on and like kind of think oh that's interesting um but there's there's quite a few things that are not carried through as well as far as they should have especially given the heady topics that they're covering but overall i think that for a movie from 1990 which is not the best year for film um it's got an extremely low budget it's got a novice screenwriter at the time it's it's got a lot going against it but I think it holds up as a unique, uh, still fairly entertaining movie that has a lot of interesting points in it and some real relevance to um, conversations that can be made about the 1990s or about today. Eric, why don't you go next? Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Yeah, when I, like when you first watch it and you're 42, it's really hard to get past like the the sloppiness of this the dialogue and the script. It's like you couldn't polish this up. Like it's really hard to get over. Um, but then a week goes by, oh. <laughs> and then ten days goes by, and you're like, you know what? That's, that's kind of cool. Like, like it. It's interesting that this doesn't come up when we had all of these Verhoeven pictures, Mike. Uh, it, 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 and you do have a really cool relationship. Like I, I dig the part about Gary Lee and Griffin, like knowing each other, and then one took one path and the other mm-hmm. took a different path, and they wind up here. And there's this convincing argument and this back and forth. Um, yeah, it comes on a little strong. I mean, even when Gary Lee's getting arrested, like he still looks kind of cool, uh, and that's a problem. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. This is a tricky one. Like I. I think it holds up because I think it's worth seeing for the sake of conversation yeah. when it comes to these types of movies. Youth in 1990, post-apocalyptic movies you may not have seen that like are, are fun, but not necessarily good. <laughs> so it's a tricky one, man. I'm going to put it over the edge just because, I mean, I've been kind of thinking about it over the past few days, even though it was kind of a kind of a tricky watch. <laughs> I'm stunned. Yeah, that's surprising from... Especially some of the texts we exchanged a week ago, but a week could change a lot, you know. Hey, so that's right after it ended, Michael. <laughs> You've been haunted by some movies in the past too. It does haunt you. Uh, for me, though, I, I keep it real here. It, it's just not hardcore enough. They wanted to be hardcore, but they they couldn't fulfill the whole dream. There's some good ideas. There, it's you think about what the performances are like and how the movie progresses. It's very cheesy. It's too cheesy. I know why. I understand. This is 10 different categories of life. You could say, hey, this movie holds up because it's fun. We could have a lot of laughs and we could could have some thought-provoking moments related to it. I can see why you do that, but I got to shut this one down. I don't have a nostalgic connection to it. I bet if I did, I I bet I would say it holds up. I think I absolutely (laughs) totally would, but... I remember being there like, uh, too many uhs, and I got to stay real to the moment that I was there. I'm having fun talking about the movie with you guys now. I enjoyed this episode. But that's different than my movie watching experience. I think we have to separate those two. So I'm going to say, mm. not quite for me. I wish it was a little better. I like the idea, but it doesn't work. Not for me. It doesn't hold up. Fair enough. I figured there was a possibility that even I would say that it didn't hold up. I did, too. Um, I knew that I knew that it would give us you know, some some fodder to talk on talk about oh, i'm glad we did it i am i don't regret doing it at all i'm glad we did this oh, good so i don't want you to regret any of our 166 episodes but neither do i the thing is i i definitely would watch it again like, <laughs> when i say it doesn't hold up it means like i'm done put it away keep the dust on it there's no use looking at it again i definitely see this again yeah i've revisited it many times throughout my life and it always kind of i find relevance there so let's see if it digs its claws into us now as 42 year olds eric and then 20 years from now we're talking yeah. about oh dude i gotta <laughs> throw that on again i have such a nostalgic oh those are the days <laughs> we'll revisit it for episode Milty. 1,666. Yeah, I can't wait. That's when we'll start doing repeats, even though there's a million <laughs> movies out there. So. All right, that was fun. Thanks, guys. Uh, Travis chose that one. It was good times. Travis, Eric, myself. Send an iPod at gmail.com. Please email us. Please subscribe to YouTube. We do post our show in video form, so if you want to see us, you want to see me go in and out of a... Uh, the screen like I've been doing on this yeah, show. You're looking like Ghost from <laughs> I know. Too. Yeah, I know. It's weird. I I don't love it. But either way, if you want to see it, check it out on the YouTube, Cinema 9 Pod. Next week, we're going to do Eric's selection. Eric, what will next week's film be? We're going back to 2001 to revisit a film that I had strong opinions about when it came out. Saw it a couple times. Uh, 
but I haven't seen it since. And I think the time is very aplumb that we bring it back to the table, especially considering the talk, uh, the talk around the very acronym in the title. We are going to see Steven Spielberg's AI, AI yep. artificial intelligence. Oh, well, that changes what I was going to pick next time. I was going to do a Spielberg film. Now I know not to. That's the exact that's movie that I was thinking you were going to do. Or as soon as you said 2001, for some reason I thought AI right away. But uh, that's weird. But yeah, cool. This will, this is a good one. That's a good call. I don't know if it's a good one, but we'll find out. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a good call for the show. I've been wanting to bring Spielberg right. on for a long time, but there's only so many movies that's kind of like questionable. You know? Oh, well, <laughs> this is definitely one of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I'm excited about this at all. Yeah. All right, well, hey, AI. I remember being a fucking slog from hell, so we'll see what it's like to go back now. It's been, it's been 22 years. It's definitely not a movie I've watched many times, so I don't have, like, a tight connection to it, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Not since it was good. Yeah. All right, well, we'll look forward to that. We'll see everybody next week. That sounds great. Thanks, everyone. Give us the drugs, dumb dumb.